Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Every team has their own wrestling. But this is for wrestlers everywhere. Wrestle hard. All right. Welcome to the next episode of the Wrestling Mindset Monday podcast brought to you by none other than Adidas Wrestling. Make sure to check them out for all your wrestling apparel and footwear needs at adidaswrestling.com. For those of you who don't know Wrestling Mindset, we are the only wrestling-specific mindset training program anywhere in the world. Check us out on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, and make sure to mention Mindset Mike when you sign up for your free trial session at WrestlingMindset.com. So Mindset Mike here coming to you from Houston, Texas, and I'm joined today with a great leader in the sport of wrestling, uh, Siler Sanderson. Kyler Sanderson. I'm, I always want to say Siler, man. Um, Kyler Sanderson was a two-time All-American and Big Ten champion under his brother, Kale, a dominant high school career winning three state titles with numerous national final appearances. Now, Kyler is the head coach of Sanderson Wrestling Academy in Utah. They've been doing a lot of really great things. That's one of the things we'll talk about today. And Kyler will kick off our two-part series on gratitude, how it impacts athletes, talk a little bit about his brother, Kale. Uh, how his dad is the secret weapon of the Sanderson brothers and some of the awesome things going on out there in Utah. Uh, one more thing for you guys that are listening today. We're also going to do a special giveaway. Rules are pretty simple. All you got to do is share the post that we make uh, today at 6 p.m. about the podcast. Tag three of your friends that you think need to hear it. Leave us a great review on iTunes and we will pick those from those of you who do, we will enter you into a contest to win one of these really cool Sanderson Wrestling Academy Gratitude T-shirts. So, Kyler, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, today usually we start with talking about wrestling and then kind of go into the topic of the day. I think we're going to do a little opposite. We're going to go straight into gratitude and then finish up with some wrestling. So, um, you know. I'm excited to talk to you today because there is a lot to be learned about 
the perspective of being grateful. Um, I think a lot of a lot of wrestlers and a lot of athletes, just a lot of people in general, overlook how important gratitude is. And I really didn't know the value until I met you and until I spent time a few months later with Brad Pataki, who was also you know, a product of Penn State. So um, gratitude is something that we talked a lot about when we met. Spending time with you and uh, with you and Pataki, like I said, gave me a deeper perspective. The, the dictionary defines it as the readiness to show appreciation and to return kindness. Um, of Gaelic origin, it means victorious people. How do you define gratitude and why is it so important in wrestling in life? You know, for me, gratitude is, is really just recognizing, you know, recognizing all that's given to you. And I think that in the world that we live in, you know, it, it's very easy to see what we don't have and and to feel envious and, and to, to have these negative thoughts and feelings. And if we can really sit back and look at our lives and, and be grateful for the things that we have, just recognize the goodness in our life, it really will affect the way that we perform. It affects the way that we work. It affects our relationships. It affects everything that we do. Um, just, you know, for example, you, you're, you have a girlfriend, you have a wife, you have a husband. You're in any type of a relationship. If, if you're truly grateful for that person, you're going to treat them a lot differently than you would um, if you're not grateful for them. You know, and it, it goes the same way with wrestling. If I'm grateful for every time that I step on the mat, if I'm grateful for my coaches, if I'm grateful for my parents to, for bringing me to practice, I'm grateful for the opportunities I have to compete, I'm going to compete much differently. You know, if I'm grateful for practice, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to give my best effort. I'm going to try to get better. If I'm grateful for the opportunity to compete, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do the things I've been working on in practice. I'm going to listen to my coaches. You know, I'm not going to be worried about distractions or if I win or if I lose. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. So it changes the way that I that I approach everything that I'm doing. Absolutely. So Hopefully that makes sense. No, that makes an, a complete sense. And the first principle for wrestling mindset, the foundation to our program is being thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. And I understood what that meant. And I understood, you know, in generally the value of, of being thankful for something allows you to have greater perspective. But like I said, after talking to you at Iron Man, when we met back in 2017, it was, it really, open my eyes to the depth of what gratitude means. And I'm excited to kind of dive into all of those things today because there's so much, I feel like the wrestling community sure. can learn about what that means. So, you know, for, for gratitude, you know, we talked about why it's important wrestling in life. Um, how did it affect you? How has gratitude affected you as a, as a competitor and then as a, uh, as a coach and as a, husband, friend, man? You know, I would have to say that gratitude has kind of been a saving grace for me in my life at, at different times. And and that's what I, I hope, you know, any anybody hears today or somebody hears and, and it helps them is the times that were the most difficult in my life when, when I had trials, you know, maybe school wasn't going good, maybe relationships weren't going well, um, whatever it may have been, 
And, you know, at those times when everything seemed bad, being able to like dig down deep and find something to be grateful for when it felt like I shouldn't have anything to be grateful for was ultimately what pulled me through those difficult times in my life. And I see the kids that I coach and every single one of them has different trials. Every single one of them, you know, has different obstacles that they're dealing with. Some of them I can really relate to. Some of them I can't relate to because we have different life experiences. But one thing that I can always bring them back to or always talk to them about is, is trying to find something to be grateful for in their life, especially when things are hard. Because if they're able to do that, if they're able to grasp onto that one thing, it's going to help them get through whatever they're struggling with. And I just know that that, that principle, the principle of gratitude is, is something that that will help them be successful everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, I guess it's more than a couple of years ago now when people are talking about what's, what's, what's up with all these kids having fun at Penn state and winning national titles. Like wrestling's not fun. How is, how, how, what, what is, what, what is all this? What is all this mess? And, you know, ultimately, like I said, when I met you and Brad, that's when I kind of like put it all together is that when you're really grateful for the opportunities that you have, like where your feet are right now and you can appreciate everything that's all around you. What was once stressful is now fun. You know, previously, some of us and maybe a lot of the wrestling community defines our life by whether or not we're successful in wrestling. So if we have a bad tournament, that defines how we feel about ourselves. We have a bad season, that defines how we feel about ourselves and how we value ourselves versus, you know, when you look at guys like Jason Nolf and Bo Nickel, you know, messing around before these major tournaments, it's because wrestling doesn't define them. They have such a greater perspective. Um, you know, we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but we just got we just got done with two great podcasts with Seth Gross and um, Jack Mueller talking about the value of faith in wrestling and gratitude and faith. I think are very connected. Those with um, deeper faith definitely have a different perspective on gratitude. Can you tell me what your opinion is on the value of uh, faith in athletic performance? Yeah. Well, I, I think that, that faith and gratitude and, you know, these types of principles, they're, they're truth. And that's how I see them, you know, I'm, I'm a, a faithful person, you know, I, you know, I, I believe in God and those things and, and, and those, for me, those principles are truth. So they apply to everything that you do, right? And having faith really allows me to keep things in perspective. You know, mm -hmm. if I, if I have faith in God or faith in something bigger than myself, it allows me to look at, at my, my wrestling matches very objectively and, and say, okay, well, I got beat. Well, what did I did wrong, do wrong? How can I get better? And I'm not tying my self-worth. I'm not tying everything that I am to whether I won or lost. I can look at it as, as a vehicle. You know, wrestling for me is a vehicle to get closer to something else. And if you can, if you can look at wrestling as a vehicle, just as an opportunity to, you know, if your goal is to get closer to God and you see wrestling as an opportunity to get closer to God then it changes everything for you, changes your perspective, and all of a sudden you're free. You're allowed to compete freely and openly without 
feeling like your life is over if you lost because ultimately there's something bigger, there's something better, there's something more important than wrestling. And I think most of the great wrestlers out there that you would see, they they know that wrestling isn't the end-all, be-all in their existence. There's something greater, there's something more important, their family's more important than wrestling. You know, their joy is more important than wrestling, their relationship with God is, is much more important than wrestling. And it just, it allows you to compete in a different way when you, when you have faith, when you have gratitude, when you, when you understand those true principles. Absolutely. So there are two recent events at Penn State that I feel like it, uh, you really saw the product of what gratitude can do to somebody. One being Mark Hall after losing in the NCAA finals, jumping into being the first person to jump into Bo Nichols' arms when he wins. And Nico Megaludis's recent post uh, after he competed at the U.S. Open. You know, Mark Hall obviously just lost the biggest match of the entire year. And eight minutes later, he's the first person to embrace his teammate and be so proud. And you could tell him from like deep in his heart, he was so excited for his teammate. Nico made a post about how he needs to smile more and how he's so grateful that he's had, um, that he's been able to balance wrestling and work and his life and be successful in all of them. And, you know, I said how that I felt like that was a gratitude. Those were gratitude driven, um, events. So what, what are your thoughts on as a coach, how can we teach our athletes and even as parents, how can we teach our kids to be more grateful? Um, and, and, I'll, and I'll take it one step further. You know, like we said, athletes deep in their faith tend to have a more grateful perspective because they have a deeper purpose. Their purpose is, for, is to glorify God, things along those lines. But for those necessarily who aren't deep in their faith, how do we teach athletes to be more grateful, wrestle, and even just live for a deeper purpose? and embrace gratitude that was a lot of questions in one i think it is so i here i'll it is it, it, it definitely was how as coaches how as coaches can we teach our athletes and parents how can we teach our kids to be grateful particularly when they they don't embrace uh you know having a deep faith in god for example so you know when you don't have that deeper perspective that we've related to these some of these athletes uh, how can we, as coaches and parents, teach our athletes to embrace gratitude? Well, I think anytime anyone really thinks about gratitude and studies the topic and, and really kind of tries to figure out if, if it is helping them or not, I think whether you're a faithful person or you have a faith or you don't, I think it's pretty easy to see um, that it helps you be more successful, that it changes your perspective on a lot of things. You don't you don't have to have faith to understand that gratitude will make you a better wrestler, will make you a better person, For sure. will make you more successful. You know, and you can see that a lot, you know, in the in the business world. I I've, I've, I've read a lot of quotes about about gratitude, about appreciation and how different CEOs have built businesses. You know, um, one that comes to mind is Charles Schwab. And if you've read anything about him, he's supposed to be a very, very influential, very um, uplifting, encouraging person. And his basic strategy in, in, in helping his employees 
employees grow and, and become better is to express appreciation and encouragement to them. Yep. You know, he believes in expressing appreciation, expressing gratitude. It's just another word for, for gratitude, appreciation. And when people feel appreciated, they definitely perform differently than when they don't feel appreciated. And I think that, you know, with your own, with your wrestlers and, you know, as parents, as coaches, as fellow wrestlers, I think the most important thing that you can do to teach gratitude is to show gratitude yourself. Absolutely. Right. And I think, I think that's the first step. I mean, we talk about it a lot in, in, in our practice room. We talk about gratitude. We have on a number of occasions. Um, but the simple act as a coach after practice of telling your, your, your wrestlers, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the opportunity to grow. You know, I appreciate you guys working hard. I appreciate you guys giving it your all every time you're here. I think that those type, that type of encouragement, that type of, um, Praise really builds that gratitude. I and agree also, with you. even just explaining it to them how 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 it can affect them. How does gratitude affect you? Well, you know, if, you, if you're grateful for practice, you're going to perform differently. That's um, that's entirely true. I see that every day. I see kids, you know, throughout the country. They you could tell the kids that are coming to practice just to clock in and clock out, and then you see the kids that are trying to soak up every ounce of the opportunity that they have. And there's, I mean, there's one thing that we've kind of developed in, in, in our practice room, and it's something that I don't know, I can't remember how it happened or, or what exactly took place, but it's something that I really appreciate from, from my athletes. Uh, it doesn't happen as much with the little tiny kids because they just want to get out of there fast, you know, and when they're eight, nine years old, they don't, they don't think about it quite as much. But all of our junior high and all of our high school kids after practice, every single one of them will line up and give me a handshake and kind of like a half hug and say, thank you. Um, and they do that to all the coaches in the room though. There's like a big single file line and they walk through and they, and they oppress, they, they express uh, gratitude for, for practice that day. They all, every single one of them says, thanks coach. Thanks coach. Thanks coach. And just developing that attitude or that room where they, they're all doing that. Every single one of them is going to help them learn those principles. And, I, and like I said, I'm not sure how that happened, but I'm so grateful to them that they do that because it really shows me, you know, that they do appreciate the time and the, the energy and the effort that, that, that we as the coaches put in for them. And it's kind of a, a special thing. You know, I haven't really talked about it very much, but just having your wrestlers line up after practice and every single, you know, 45 kids, 50 kids, whatever it is, shake your hand and say, thanks, coach. Really I think that's so important. Gonna- and we see that a lot in martial arts studios. Um, that's, that's customary. They line up before and they line up afterwards and they shake hands and they can, they thank each other. They actually, they'll thank each other and they thank the coaches, but you don't see that in wrestling and wrestling. You know, we go through the grind of practice and if we can come out ultimately being thankful for something, even if it's just for our coach, for the opportunity to practice or for one another, I, I, I relate it kind of like saying affirmations. It may not have a huge impact like right there in the moment, but it trains your subconscious mind to understand that once you like put in the work, be thankful for the work that you put in the opportunity to put in the work. So even though shaking those hands doesn't necessarily 
broaden your horizon in that moment, conditioning yourself to understand that after you do that, there's things that you're thankful for. I think that's really impactful. So I have a follow-up question to teaching kids how to be grateful and, and have gratitude in practice. As a coach, how do you balance being grateful, teaching them to be grateful, but also maintaining a disciplined room? You know, it's a generation where it's kind of, it's not always easy to uh, foster a productive work ethic. Now, you know, we could talk later about how certain colleges recruit a very specific type of person. You don't have to create a culture. That culture kind of comes in. But, you know, bringing kids up through the junior high and high school levels, you know, there, there's a, it's tough sometimes, like I said, to balance discipline um, and as a coach, the giving and receiving gratitude between one another. So how do you balance maintaining a strong discipline room and keeping things light with that sense of gratitude? That's a good question. I mean, if, if they really do truly have that gratitude, especially the, the, the older kids that, that really understand it, um, it really, I mean, it's, it's a light attitude, kind of like you said, having gratitude, but having gratitude when they truly are grateful for the opportunity, you don't really have much messing around. Oh, exactly. Because they know they know that it's an opportunity, you know, to, for them to be there. So it, it kind of that in itself is a way to, to kind of to battle that the mentality of a lot of the kids that we have these days, who you know where things are so easy and, and, and keeping them focused for an hour and a half, two hours is pretty difficult sometimes. You know, helping them understand that principle that that this is not. Like, I don't have to be here, guys. This is an opportunity. Like, you need to realize that your parents are paying money. You know, they're driving you here. Some of you here an hour and a half to hear them back, like a long ways. You know, sometimes we have kids come down from Idaho, two, three hours. You know, you guys need to understand this is a blessing. For sure. And, and, what, and if they can grasp that, if they can grasp that and understand that principle, then you don't really deal with that much um, of a crazy room. I guess the, you know, the I guess the better the better question then would be in the conditioning phase. When you're let's say like you're reconditioning a room and a group of kids. Obviously, if you have kids that have that perspective, it's very easy to have a great culture. Uh, when I when I've spoken about Penn State or Ohio State, those are rooms that bring in a particular culture of kids based on what I've seen, what I've heard, asking you and other people, you know, those kids have that culture. So yeah, the room's light because people have that perspective, but in the process of, of reconditioning kids to think that way, how would you say coaches can do a better job of balancing discipline and teaching gratitude? Good question. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Um, it, it, is, it is difficult, you know, and, and I have so I have three, well, I have four main groups. I have two high school groups. I have a, a junior high group. I have a, I have a youth group, um, which is typically second to fifth grade, you know, depending on their weight. Sometimes they get bumped up to the older group. Um, and, and each group that I work with definitely has its own challenges. It has its own uh, difficulties, you know, things that are great about it. Um, 
like the little group, they're always so happy to be at practice. They're so happy just because they're happy little kids and, and they love it and we make it fun for them. And, you know, I don't really, I rarely have to deal with kids messing around in that group. You know, and you would think that that would be the hardest group, but it actually is one of the easiest groups because we've, you know, they listen, they're, they're, they're very willing to grow. Um, the junior high group is probably the hardest group because, you know, kids are kind of getting into high school a little bit. They're growing, you know, they, they're figuring out who they are. They're figuring out who they want to be, what they want to be. If they really do want to be a wrestler, you know, in, in some cases, maybe their dad's still making them come and they don't actually want to be there. And then there's the kids that really want to be there. So that group is a very mixed group and it can be very difficult um, to, to manage it sometimes. And I mean, there's a lot of ways, I guess the question, I mean, is how to, how to keep the, the room calm or how to keep the room um, under control. I mean, is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah. It's kind of like, how do you balance when you're conditioning kids, when you're conditioning kids that maybe aren't necessarily embracing the thought process of gratefulness and gratitude? Um, how do you, how do you condition them, maintain discipline, but keep a light room at the same time? You know, there's a lot of things that we do. You know, I I really truly try to try to, to to connect with every kid personally on the team throughout practice. I try to use their names a lot. You know, I think for those kids who don't quite buy into to, to the whole gratitude thing or who aren't quite excited as excited about wrestling, the thing that has helped me the most is working very very hard to develop a personal relationship with each one of those kids that is struggling a little bit with the sport. And as I've seen over this last year, we've had a couple kids, um, seventh, eighth grade kids who were struggling, but through really working hard with them and developing a relationship with them, trying to to relate to them, you know, talking to them about Fortnite, stupid stuff like that, you know, and developing that connection there really brings them in and, once they have that trust with you because they know you care about them, which you do, then they're much more willing to listen when you start talking about gratitude and those things. Because I found that the kids that are the hardest to relate to, they need they need to have that connection with you before they'll be willing to listen. That makes a lot of sense. Right. Investment into your athletes and putting the extra effort to befriend them on a deeper level than just being a coach that will allow people to open kids to open up more. I feel like that's a successful model in business. I feel like that's something uh, that I've tried to embrace myself as a relationship forward uh, business instead of, you know, um, however else you want to, you, you can obtain, but you know, building relationships. I feel like if people spent more time building relationships, whether they be, whether they're coaches, teachers, or, you know, in their career, I feel like they'd be more successful. And I mean, that's a big thing for me in life in general, um, is building relationships because, you know, at the end of the day, you can love a dollar bill, but it can't love you back. Absolutely. And, but the more you love the kids and you, the more you truly care about them, the more you invest into them, the more you're going to get out of it, the more they're going to care about you and the the more they're going to be willing to listen to you and trust you. And I think as a coach, a lot of it goes back to your, your own personal purpose. Like one of my goals is to create 
you know, to build one of the best clubs, teams in the country for youth, junior high, and high school. That's my goal. I want national champions. I want guys to go to the Division One level. I want the best kids in the country, and I, I believe that we can do that. I know I can, you know, but my ultimate purpose, I have to realize sometimes as a coach that even if I have 99 kids out of 100 win a state title, there's going to be a kid who doesn't. Maybe it's 10%, maybe it's 20%, maybe it's 50, who knows. But there's going to be those kids that I have to be willing to spend the same amount of time and love and care with them, regardless of whether they are my best kid in the room or my worst kid in the room. Absolutely. Because my ultimate purpose isn't to, you know, my goals are to win national titles, but that's not my ultimate purpose. My ultimate purpose is to help every single one of those kids feel valued and build or learn principles and build characteristics to where they can be successful in school, in relationships, and, and in their life, right? And if I can do that with every single one of my kids, that's where the real success as a coach comes. You know, that's where the, the the lifelong friendships come from. Absolutely. And I think that, and, and I can't talk about other college coaches or I can't talk about, because I don't really know a lot of them and I, and I assume that most of them feel the same way, but one thing that I do know about the, the coaching staff at Penn State, that I do know about Kale and Cody and Casey Cunningham and, and Jake Barner and, and all those guys there is that they, they truly, truly care about the individuals on their team as people before they care about them as wrestlers. And I think in a lot of cases, that's what makes all the difference when it comes down to the line and, and they're in battle and they have to they have to go to war. They know that Kale is in their corner no matter what. Whether they win, whether they lose, it doesn't matter. He cares more about their their joy, their their person. He cares more about their person than he does about their victory as as a wrestler. And having that kind of support allows them to to be free, to to have fun, to have gratitude, to to compete at a level that most people can't compete at because they tie so much stress to whether they win or lose. Because you know, if they lose, their mom's going to be mad, dad's going to be mad, coach is going to be mad, whatever. And when you have, but when you have that, that, that support, that support, that love, that care, it allows them to just be free. And I think that's one of the things that they do so, so well. And that's one thing that I try to, to follow from them. That's one thing that I really think that they learned in a lot of cases from my dad. Um, but it's just, and, and the thing is, is, you know, you, you try to recruit the right kids for your program, but there's been a number of kids go into that program and into other programs where they they haven't had that those principles or they haven't you know thought a lot about gratitude. But when they get there and they feel it and they feel how much they're cared about by their teammates, you know Mark Hall just got beat and he runs out and hugs his teammate ten minutes later. You know they they know that they have that care. They become that. They become those grateful, loving, you know, just great people through that process. Absolutely. And I, I, I think that they can take those kids and really help them become, you know, become that because of the atmosphere. Absolutely. So 
coaches, you know, as a coach myself and whether I'm coaching professional fighters or, you know, high school wrestlers, I want you guys to take what Kyler's saying and treat it like this. Um, think of the coach, regardless of what the sport was, the coach that you had the best relationship with. Think of how much harder you were willing to work for that person because you knew how much they cared about you, whether that was your high school or college wrestling coach or whether it was your little league baseball coach. Think of the person that invested in you, whether you were the best or the worst. Now, now fast forward to wherever you are as a coach or as a manager at work, and you need to apply that same principle to what you're doing. And if you want to get the most out of those that are underneath you, then you need to let them know how much you appreciate them and they'll be willing to work harder for you. It's no different than in relationships. You know, someone that feels appreciated is more willing to go the extra mile. So coaches, I think that's such an important lesson to learn. So thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, on, on the last podcast series, like I said, we talked about faith and this one with gratitude, there was an interesting story that you told me about uh, your brother's house and what was on display versus what was in his sock drawer. I think people would be um, very surprised to hear when you walk into his house, what you see versus what you don't see. And I think that gives you the perspective of what's important in his life and him being, you know, one of the greatest American wrestlers of all time. I think it's this, that it was a great reminder. It was definitely an eye opener for me to realize if that's, what's most important in his life, I'm, I think I need to reconsider what's most important in mine. Well, I mean, my brother Kale is obviously an incredible person. You know, he's, he's, he's had a ton of success and being able to be his younger brother and watch and kind of follow in his footsteps to a degree and, and, and learn from him has always been something that I've been grateful for because yeah, he's a great wrestler, but some of the other things that I've learned from him have taught me far more about life and, and who I am and who I want to be than winning four national titles ever could. For sure. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, having several conversations with him um, when I was in college and, you know, I maybe wasn't having quite the success I was hoping for. Um, and, and him basically just saying, you know, yeah, I want a gold medal. And, and, and him talking about that and him telling me that it felt great and he felt accomplished for, for a short period of time after winning his gold medal. Um, but what ultimately made him happy was coming home and seeing his kids and, and being with his wife. And, and he talked way more about the journey rather than where he ended up and what he learned and, and how he grew along, along that pathway. You know, that's what he treasures most is the growth and the development and, and what he learned. And, you know, I think a lot of people say that a lot of people will, will be willing to say, well, yeah, it's about the journey. Um, you know, it's about my, the relationship that I developed with, with my family and with God, but he's a person that 
you really truly see it when you're around him. And and what Mike was talking about, for those of you who are listening, is is you know, when you walk into Kale's house, there is not one trophy, there is not one medal, there is nothing on display. The only thing that's on display is is pictures of his family, pictures of his kids. You know, if you didn't know who Kale was and you walked into his house and you walked throughout his whole house, not just in the front living room, you would not be able to know that he was a wrestler. Because his fourth national title trophies and, you know, his Olympic medal, all those things, they're just in a box somewhere. And that's kind of what we learned from our parents. You know, we learned we won a lot of a lot of tournaments growing up. All four of us. You know, we had four brothers who were all the number ranked number one kid in the country their senior year of high school. All four of us. Wow. We won a lot of them. But you, there's not one trophy up in my parents' house. You know, most of it's been thrown away. They keep the special ones, but they're all in a box in the basement because understanding what really matters is I think what ultimately allowed for so much success. You know, what matters is, is, is the, the opportunity that we had to, to be together as a family, the opportunity we had to, to grow together. And, you know, we won trophies, but that's kind of secondary. You know, that's, that's not the most important part of it. That's amazing. I think as soon as kids, What's that? I was just saying it was amazing. When you told me that, you know, my 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 mouth didn't literally drop, but it, it figuratively dropped just because not because I was so surprised to hear it, just because it was so eye opening and and drove home the perspective of this makes sense now. Like this you can see this full picture of, you know, why he and those around him and your family has been so successful. It's not this magic technique. You all are very great wrestlers and those around him and you are great wrestlers, but it's the perspective behind it that drives has driven the success. And it's because it's not about the success. It's about everything that came along the way. Exactly. And about the greater purpose. And about the about and about the, the the greater purpose, you all have deeper purposes as coaches and as athletes. You have deeper purposes, and I thought that was uh, I thought that was really uh, just really special. It was like hearing you know, hearing Kyle Snyder talking about how he never trained to win, win Olympic gold medal. His purpose was to get better every single day during his training, and he felt that by the end of the by the end of the time that he knew that he can give his best performance. To hear him say things along the lines of, you know. Um, in the world championships when he won in that big match, he said, you know, I could have lost, but I still would have been happy with my effort because he was focused on different things than just winning. So you were, you were about to say something. Well, I, I love that, that Kyle Snyder said that, you know, because I think if you do everything right, and, and this is something that, that helped me a lot in my personal career is that, um, if you're doing everything you possibly can, you know, a lot of people regret failure. They regret not having won and they, they spend their whole life thinking about, wow, I didn't win an NCAA title. And that was me for a couple of years. I felt like I, I should have won my senior year, right? I was, I was there, but, um, I didn't. 
haunt me for eternity. You know, that could haunt me for the rest of my life very, very easily. It haunts some people. It, it, it does, you know, and you see it, you see it in a lot of old wrestlers. Uh, I mean, anybody, just because, you know, you, you could have done it or you should have done it or you were there, but you didn't do it, right? But I think, I think what allows you to let go uh, if, if it doesn't go your way is, is having done everything you possibly can to be successful, right? Like if, if I'm not, if I'm not doing everything I can, like if, you know, if I'm staying up too late and I'm drinking too much Mountain Dew and eating too many donuts and, and I'm not willing to commit to my coaches, I'm not willing to commit to the sport, I don't have a right to regret not having one. Right? I don't have a right Absolutely. to regret because I didn't do everything I could. But if I do do everything I can, if I have done everything that I can, I won't regret it because I know I gave my best possible effort. And there's there's a lot of, uh, of peace that comes from knowing that you gave everything that you possibly could. Because if you give everything that you possibly can and you still don't win, you you can be happy with that. Absolutely. And ultimately, you, you have to re- realize that you know you have the duty like the duty is yours to do your very best, but at the end of the day, the results belong to God. You know, absolutely. And so you can't you can't control everything, but you know, I think just being willing to give everything you possibly can allows you to let go. Yeah, and it allows allows a kid like Kyle Snyder to be happy with his performance, whether he won that world championship or not, because he knows that he gave everything he could. He did. And he did. That's all that's asked. Absolutely. That's all that can be expected. So, so, so right. true. So let's make the switch into some mindset and wrestling. Um, let's talk about your dad for a minute. Obviously, you've talked about him a bunch here. And, you know, the, the, the success that you and your brothers have had as athletes and as coaches, you relate a lot of that to – your dad, I think, you know, m- most fans would want to know how Kale impacted your career. However, like I said, as a friend that's gotten to know you, I know that you would say your dad has probably had the biggest impact on all of the Sanderson boys development. So tell us about your dad, how he's impacted wrestling for you and your brothers and why he's been so successful as a coach. Yeah, he's man. I I'm still trying to learn his secrets. You know, I, I ask him questions all the time. I know my brothers have spent a lot of time over the years asking him a lot of questions um, just because he does so many things so well, right? And he's a great technician, but that's not where his, his, his greatness as a coach comes from. You know, and I, I've talked to a lot of the guys that he's coached and, and my brothers, and he was a he's a guy that just really – he knew how to make you feel like you're going to win. You always felt like you were going to win, no matter who you wrestled. And that was something that he was able to instill in his athletes. And I really think a lot of it comes back to caring about his athletes and, and supporting them. You know, kind of like I was talking about with my brothers before. Um, I never felt in my life one time like I had to win a match. Because I knew, I, I, I knew no matter what, every time we drove home, we were still going to have the same conversation on the way home from the tournament, and Dad was still going to stop and get me an ice cream. You know, 
and what that allowed me to do and my brothers and hundreds of other kids that were state champions or very successful that he coached, thousands of kids maybe, it allowed us to, to compete freely. You know, and I, I talked to, <laughs> it's kind of funny, I was talking to one of his former wrestlers the other day, and, and this this wrestler, he competed in high school the same time as my brothers, was on the same team as them from the time he was little, growing up, his whole life. And he told me, so they had to wrestle off. I think, I think he wrestled Kale in a wrestle-off match to be varsity on the high school team. And, and there was like some, you know, some, I don't know, some people were kind of upset that they had to wrestle and things. And, and so my dad brought this kid in and talked to him. And he told me that after this conversation with my dad, he left that room knowing that my dad cared about him, loved him. And he felt like my dad almost, well, my dad made him feel like he was going to win the match. Like he, he went into that match with so much confidence. He wrestled great. He got his butt kicked, but he, my dad was able to instill in this athlete, even the kid that was wrestling Kale, that he was great and that he was going to win. And I, I mean, I, I don't know how he does it, but he's one of the most amazing coaches I've ever met or been around and his ability to put confidence in his athletes and, and help them feel loved and cared about is, I don't know if, if he has an equal, at least that I've met. So, so I hear a lot, I hear a lot about confidence. So, you know, when I talked to Jay Robinson over in Minnesota, when he was still over there, he had, you know, I asked him, I said, what's the single most important thing that a wrestler can have to be successful mindset wise? And he said immediately confidence. So if you're a coach that has the ability to instill confidence in his athletes and not just motivation, I think that's the confusion. You know, for those of you that are listening, there's a big difference between a between someone that motivates you and someone that instills confidence. Confidence is belief in oneself. Motivation is an inflated, uh, not really measurable or impactful short-term thing. Confidence is long-term. It has, it has ups and downs. It has highs and lows. But confidence and motivation are not the same thing. So as coaches, if we could learn to better develop our athletes' sense of confidence in themselves and in us, I feel like that is something we can learn from this conversation talking about, you know, um, Mr. Sanderson. And I, I don't want to say that's a third thing, but in, in a lot of ways, I think, so you, you have your confidence, you have motivation, but also helping the kids understand that the point is just to go out there and score points. Yes. Purpose. What's right? your purpose like, when you wrestle? Yeah, we have purpose and, and knowing that win, lose, or draw, I'm going to go out there and score as many points as I can. And it's, it's kind of an elusive concept to, to really try to nail down with one word or one description, but that's something that the Penn State guys do well. That's something that my dad did well with us is just, we were always trying to go out and score points, try new moves, do do the best we very or the very best we could without you know, without fear of what's gonna happen if I lose, without fear of coach, without fear of dad, and just having that freedom to compete and just love wrestling and just score points and love it and have fun because all you're worried about is scoring points 
and and doing new moves and you have your support system and I don't know, there's a lot of moving parts there, but they all kind of work together. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, the main thing, like you're saying, when you focused on scoring points, you're not worried about losing or making mistakes. So when Jason Nolf gets taken down twice in the Big Ten finals and he got interviewed, he said, well, I'm not really worried if I get scored on. I know I'm just going to get up and score again. Seth Gross said the same thing. You know, he got taken down uh, five times in regulation in the NCAA finals. He, got, I'm sorry, in the semifinals. He got taken down first in uh, his conference tournament, and he said, you know, I'm not worried about getting taken down. I'm going to come back and score 20 points. And when you can have that mindset, that allows you to have success at a higher level um, in addition without necessarily requiring to have just skill. There's a lot of skilled people, but there's also a lot of people that focus on the right thing. So David Taylor talks about, you know, this sport needs people that are willing to go out there and score points. Instead of winning a match four to three or three to two, being willing to win 12-6 or you know 15-7 because you're not afraid to get scored on. Um, and that's something that I know at Wrestling Mindset we talk about constantly. I have my kids going to the Freestyle State Tournament this weekend, and I said, uh, I said, listen, of course I want you guys to all be successful. I said, but what I'm looking for and what I'm going to be proud of you at the end of each match is how well did you perform? Were you out there trying to score points or looking for falls constantly? You know, you're out there taking chances or are you trying to win a close match and do the bare minimum? So we're actually, one of my assistant coaches and I were coming up with some fun, like intra competitions for the kids to see who gets the most pins in the least amount of time, who scores the most points. I don't care what they place at the end of the weekend. What I want to see is who went out there to score points because the reality is, if you score a lot of points, you're probably going to win the match. Yeah, for sure. So you, something else you told me about your dad that I loved to hear when I met you at Ironman. You said your dad never used the word tournament when you would compete. He made it out to be just another day of training. We got great new practice partners today. That's a huge mindset tool. And you're fortunate to have dad as your coach. So you were surrounded by that mindset all the time. You know, you can't necessarily, the average kid won't get that because maybe coach says it, but his parent doesn't. Maybe parent says it, but coach doesn't. Um, share with me what that did for you growing up, feeling that every tournament was just another opportunity to train and get better. Um, well, that was something that he emphasized a lot. You know, our, our goal was to get, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people use the 1%, get 1% better every day. You know, my, my dad never really said 1%, but he would kind of hold his fingers up and show just a small amount. You know, he'd say, we want to get this much better today. You know, just a small amount. Every single day, we're going to get this much better. At the end of the year, you add all those together, you're going to be 1,000% better, 100% better, whatever it is. And that was every practice, right? But every competition and every tournament was the exact same way. And that's, you know, focusing on the right things at the tournament. I'm, I'm going to this tournament to get better at wrestling. I'm going out there to score as many points as I can to, to try the things I've been working on in practice. And if you're focused on doing those things, getting better, doing the stuff coach is showing you, it's an opportunity to get better. You, I mean, your, your potential is limitless. Him focusing on, on uh, getting better all the time really affected the way that, that, that we improved. 
you know, every practice, every competition, the point was, how can you get better? How can, how can you be better next time? We, we didn't spend time, you know, thinking negatively or being negative about losses or failures. Every, every match that we lost was, how can we do better next time? You know, how can we, how can we improve? How can we beat this guy? You know, it was always looking forward. And I think that's the big point. We were always looking forward to the next opportunity. You know, this match is over. You can't do anything about it. You, you lost. But next time, let's keep our hands in better position. Let's keep our head in better position. And let's try to improve. Try to get better. Try to try to close the gap on this guy and beat this guy or, or just beat that next guy. And I think always focusing on just getting better and focusing on um, improvement, whether it's competition or matches, is, is a huge deal. Absolutely. So, you know, those of you that have seen some of the videos and the information that we've put out, we talk all the time about treating practice like matches and matches like practice. And that's so important for the wrestling community to understand is you can't make practice serious all the time and then say, hey, go have fun in a match. You can't make matches serious but then, you know, have fun in practice. You guys have to have actual strategies. And that's, an, that's a worksheet that we actually have in our curriculum. So if you didn't grow up around, you know, uh, a dad or a coach as, as amazing as, uh, you know, Kyler's dad, then you need to train yourself to think like that. If you're not thinking like that or training and giving yourself actual specific examples or how you will treat practice like matches and matches like practice, you will treat them differently. You will treat the quarters different than the finals. You'll treat live wrestling and practice different than a tournament. You have to realize that if you don't address it, it's going to become a problem. Um, so again, I think that's just such a great perspective to have learned um, at such a young age that you carried on as an athlete, you carried on as a coach now. And for those of you listening again, I hope you can try to come up with strategies to do similar things. If, if your kids understand at this point that like, yes, a practice is different than a tournament. You're not conditioned from day one to think that it's, that it's the exact same. What you have to do coaches, like I said, is come up with strategies to implement in practice and then implement match day to make them feel the same exact thing. So <clears throat> we talked a lot about your dad, um, but you know, there's, there's another figure, you know, obviously if your dad had all these great ideas, he had to get them from somewhere. Um, you mentioned your grandfather as one of the guys who, you know, was one of the proponents to start wrestling in Utah. And he had a big impact on your dad who obviously impacted all of you. So sh t tell us a little bit about your grandfather. Yeah, so my grandpa uh, just passed a couple years ago, but he he never wrestled himself. Uh, but my 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 uncles, you know, my dad, they started getting in, getting into the sport, and and he had a younger son, and and he saw, you know, he wanted to help the sport grow. So he he actually started one of the first youth wrestling clubs in Utah, and that's been you know forty years ago. 50 years ago. I'm not even sure how long ago it was quite a long time ago. And, um, a lot of what he taught is really kind of a foundation and a basis for even what, what my dad, what Kale, what I, you know, Cody, Cole, all of us have been able to teach and, and kind of our philosophies. And 
basically what he would say, and this is the only quote I really have from him, is he would just say, try your moves and winning will take care of itself. So he was encouraging to just go out there and try what you've been working on. Try your moves. Just go work on moves. Get better. And winning will happen. Right? And I think that a lot of what we teach and a lot of what my dad has has taught has just been built off of that that very fundamental base platform right there. That's you know, awesome. Try your moves. Just go out there. Try your moves. Take risks. Get better. Sounds like uh, it sounds like that translated down the line to Jason Alf now too. Just try it. Just try it. No one in the world does it, but just try it. See what happens. And and you continue to do it. And you know, and and I'm not sure. Unfortunately, I, I didn't ever get to really see him coach. But one thing that that I think that my dad did extremely well from what he learned, maybe from my grandpa. Um, and what my brothers have done and what I'm trying to do is, is continually get better. Right. Sure. And here's, here's the thing that I think that a lot, a lot of wrestling coaches make the mistake. And I, and I would say at a high school level, at, at a college level, probably at every level, every, there's kind of a lot of pride sometimes in our sport. I, you know, I did this. I know what I'm talking about. I know how to finish a single leg. Right. I know I know these things and what my dad did and I think it's probably one of his greatest attributes as a coach and something that, that we've all tried to, to, to take on is that he never you know, that this the same attitude never stopped getting better, never stopped trying to improve. Right? He's talking about it in our matches, Kate, just get better this match. And and it was something that was easy to follow because it was something that he that did every day and it's something that he still does. Every time he's at a practice and someone else is teaching, he's taking notes. Anytime somebody says something that he likes, he takes notes. And he's so willing to change his curriculum. He's willing to change everything that he's doing to improve. Right? And there's so many coaches out there that are not willing to improve or they don't, per- they don't pursue improving like they did when they were a wrestler themselves. You are entirely right. And... You know, to back up and put the put you know his money where his mouth is. Um, when I first met you, and I've told a lot of people this story because it says a lot about you and the background that you come from. Exactly from this story, when I first met you, you walked up to my booth at Ironman and you said, you know, we struck up a conversation. And you said, hey, can I pick your brain for a little bit? I took a step back and I was like, you want to pick my brain? And you said, yeah. Well, my dad always taught me that. You know, you can learn something from everyone that you meet and you're an expert in something that I'm not going to be. And we said something along the lines of, you know, you said something along the lines of you may be a better wrestler than me or a better this. But, you know, you you have an expertise in a field that I'm still trying to learn. And you opened up a notebook and you started taking notes. And I think that says a lot about not just you, but where you came from. And that even goes through your brother, Kale, one of my absolute favorite quotes in life is you can improvise or adapt or learn a painful lesson from somebody who has. Yep. So it's just crazy to think that, you know, and I, and I meant to say that in the beginning of the, 
I meant to say that in the beginning of the podcast, just to give you guys perspective, as successful as his family has been, as successful as he has been, as his wrestling academy is and will be, he's a guy that embraces what he's saying and never stops learning. And that's one of the reasons why I was excited to get him on the podcast today is, you know, he's a guy that never stops learning. And it and I, I would like to think that uh, I try to do the same in what I do. And I encourage you guys to, whether you're a wrestling coach or whether you or whatever you do in your life, never stop learning. If you stop learning, you stop evolving and you're going to get passed by that pe- by, by, by people who are still willing to get better. So I think that's a really cool story. And uh, I wish I said it earlier in the podcast. Now, as an athlete, um, you know, I talk a little bit about yourself. You made it to NCAAs as a freshman and a sophomore, right? Yep. So you made it twice in the first two years, but you didn't All-American until your junior and senior year. What changed outside of just skill during that time? What um, shift did you make? Well, so I actually, I think I made it to the round of 12 my freshman year. So I was close. Um, maybe it wasn't around the 12, maybe it was around before, but it was real close. I actually was an All-American my sophomore year. Um, and then I didn't play my junior year. Oh, that, again, that's what it was. Year. I mixed up the two years. I got you. So what, 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 uh, what, a changed in the midst of those years that you did all American versus the ones that you didn't, you know, to be honest, you know, it, it wasn't moves. It wasn't. And, it, and when I think about, think back about it and I, and I really look at my career and, and when I was most successful and, and when I, when I struggled, it was always. I think I can always trace it back to what my focus was at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being distracted by one thing or another. You know, my freshman year, um, I just wasn't quite there yet. I I had my whole redshirt year, I had tore my my ACL. So I sat my entire redshirt year. Oh, man. So I just, I don't think I was quite ready my, my freshman year. I mean, I was close. And guys that I had beaten, you know, Previously, were all American. Where they were all Americans that year. Um, my sophomore year, my focus was great. You know, I was focusing on the right things. I made a lot of improvement. I beat some good guys. You know, I just all I was thinking about was wrestling and getting better and enjoying what I was doing. And that's when I competed great. You know, my junior year, I was a little bit distracted by you know some other things and well, not some other things, but just. Uh, had some hard things happen in, in, in my life at that point, and um, I wasn't focused at the national tournament because I was thinking about other things, you know. So you can – it's just weird looking back at your own your own career and seeing how much your mindset, where you're, where you're thinking at, where your focus is, really does truly affect the outcome of, of your performance, right? Absolutely. You know, like my senior year, I was able to compete compete well again. Um, but I'm glad you said that. Talking about the things that you focus on, because that was actually that leads right into my next question. Is you know, as a coach yourself, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job in Utah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. You won freestyle state by a very large margin this year, right? Uh, well, there were two teams. We we. We took first, and the team that took second wasn't far behind us. But the third, fourth place teams were 
it was a pretty large margin. Gotcha. So you did very well. Your kids performed. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is your kids performed very well? Um, and you had a great showing at the high school state tournament. It was great to see, you know, uh, the results of the wrestlers that are putting in extra work with you. So when I met you, you talked about some of the things that you have your wrestlers focus on. Um, I believe they all start with peace. And what do you, so, you know, what do you have your wrestlers focus on? If you could talk about that and what do you attribute to the success, your success as a coach for these wrestlers that you're working with outside of just the great technique? Well, now I can't even remember what the P's are. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, it was performance, process, and what's the last one? Was it progress? I think so. I'm just, I was just testing you. I remembered what they were. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I remember because I sat there and, and took notes furiously when I could too. So, yeah, perform, per, performance, progress, process, all those things, they're all – all very simple, you know, performance, you know, when we talk about performance, what I want to see out of performance is just wrestling hard, focusing on winning positions, um, doing your very, very best. I mean, if you go out there and scrap, then in my eyes, you're performing very well. You know, if you're tight and, and not attacking and, and not moving, that's a poor performance for me. You know, so we, we and, and none of it is result-based. You know, it, it's all process-based, you know. And so if we're focusing on performance, you know, we're also focusing on our process. Well, what is our process? You know, and, and I talk to the kids about this all the time, and you have to know what you're going to think about during your wrestling match. And your process can be different for every person. You know, if you're an underhook guy, I'm not going to tell you to focus 100% on getting to your collar tie. If you're a collar tie guy, you're not going to think about getting into your underhook. You know, but you're focusing on your process. You're thinking about when you step on the mat, you're not thinking about what the guy looks like, who he is, what his record is, how big his arms are, you know, what the match is. All you're focused on is, okay, I'm going to move my feet. I'm going to get to my tie. I'm going to pull his head down. Or I'm going to move my feet. I'm going to get to my underhook. I'm going to circle him, pull his head down. I'm going I'm to get to the wrist. You know, whatever it is that you do, we focus on that process. Right? And... You know, you, you have a thought process of for every single match you go out there, you know, and it should always, or not always, but it should typically be the same. You know, you know what you do, and we focus on those thoughts. Um, and then progress, you know, win, lose, or draw, but you're focused on getting better all the time. You know, and if you can focus on those three things, it, it really will allow you to get your best results because your mind's in the right place. You know, and it was, it was a lot of fun working with, with those kids that will really buy into that. Absolutely. You know, that's one of the hard things is getting them just to really, they hear what you're saying, but they don't always listen to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's one of the biggest battles right there. But So that that's actually, so that's exactly what we talk about with Wrestling Mindset is a lot of good coaches say all the right things, but it's tough for the kids and the kids listen, but it's tough for them to really hear it. And then translate that into how they're wrestling. So, you know, something that, you know, the whole basis behind what we do is that by having a pen to paper to go along with the amazing messages and the 
saying the exact right things to focus on, putting a pen to paper with the curriculum, that's kind of the gap that we tried to bridge because there are other kids that will buy in and hear it and they'll, they'll excel in a lot of areas, they'll struggle in some, but you know, for, for the wrestling community, being able to, like I said, give these kids the tools and the coping mechanisms to be able to translate the amazing advice to what you're saying and then apply that in their performance. That's kind of the gap that we've been trying to build uh, a bridge over the last, uh, the last few years. So I hope you guys really paid attention to those P's and you can definitely go, you could definitely apply that in how you're going to, um, you know, maybe change the way that you're going to get your kids to focus on the right things. You know, we talk about effort, attitude, and aggressiveness, you know, focus on, breaking guys, scoring points, improving your position, whatever, whichever combination of those messages work for you, make it your own, but have your kids have a purpose in wrestling outside of just winning or not losing. Um, you know, as we, as we wind down on the, the, uh, the ending part of a lot of my main questions, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about, uh, the camp that you have, coming up. So like you said, you're going to have uh, your brother Kale and Zane Rutherford coming out to camp. Uh, what days are the camp? Yeah. So camps in, in June, um, uh, 18th through the 21st, uh, near Salt Lake city, Utah. And, uh, it's going to be a great camp, four day camp. We got Kale coming in on day one. Um, I'm going to do day two and three. Uh, my dad might hop in there a little bit too. And then Zane's going to gonna finish us up on day four. That's awesome. Um, we got Coach Mike uh, coming out. He's going to be helping us out a little bit too, you know, doing some trainings with, with the camp. It'll be pretty awesome. And it's going to be a great camp. We're looking forward to it. You know, I, I would say get signed up for camp, but, but we filled up a little while ago. Um, but, you know, if you guys ever are looking for camps or opportunities throughout the year, we, we do hold a number of camps. Um, and, you know, we're always looking for – good wrestlers to come in and, and, and improve and help our guys improve as well. So for sure. And, you know, I'm really excited to come out and be a part of that camp. Um, you're obviously going to have some great technical skills and obviously two very success, uh, a number of successful wrestlers are, are, are going to share their knowledge. What does bringing in an aspect of mindset training add? Uh, how does that add value to your camp and what's the impact that you hope that it gives your wrestlers? You know, well, I just, I don't think that a, a lot, I, you know, I spend time talking to the guys and I think a lot of coaches spend time talking to the, to their team about, um, the right things kind of like we're talking about, but I think it's also very helpful in something that mindset does very well is, is, is making it practical where we're, we're writing things down. We, we have worksheets, we have, uh, different processes not only just to talk to them about these specific things, but also to actually help them apply what, what's being said. Exactly. And, and that's, you know, that's where, where we see the value. You know, I've, I've asked Mike to come in and he's going to spend at least a couple of days, you know, doing training and, and focusing on specific things where, where I think my wrestlers can benefit the most, you know, and then having them, write those things down, go over those worksheets, go through those exercises and do the things that, that, um, 
he's talking about doing, I think can benefit them and, and help them improve the, the quality of their game. For sure. And well, we want to teach them how to wrestle at the camp. We want them to have a good time. Uh, we want them to learn technique. Also, you know, mental technique, all those things. Absolutely. You know, because you can't, you can't just have a good double leg and, 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 you know, win a world championship. You know, George <laughs> Burroughs, he's got, he's got the best double leg in the world, but he's also a very, very mentally tough person. You know, very focused. He also has a great perspective. When he lost the when he lost in the Olympics, he said, "You know, uh, obviously, I'm very disappointed, and I'm sorry to disappoint everybody, but I know I'm going home to a family that loves me, kids that love me, a God that loves me." And talked about how you know ultimately he'll come back better and stronger. But uh, this wasn't the end of the world. Everybody looked at him losing as his world must have come down, and he was obviously disappointed. But it wasn't something. Like Jack Mueller said, wrestling doesn't define me because he's got a greater purpose. So I'm really thankful for the opportunity to come out to camp. I'm excited to learn. You know, I uh, I practice what I preach to, and I try to learn from every place that I travel. Whether I'm grabbing somebody to talk to them, I'm watching technique. Um, it's one of my favorite parts of of my job is that by traveling and being a part of great events like this, I get to learn and level up as a coach, as an athlete and uh, you know, in, in doing what I do for a living. So I love it. Um, you know, is there anything else that you wanted to add before I, I, I kind of have something called a, like a mindset quick fire. It's a couple quick questions that specifically relate to mindset. Is there anything else that you wanted to add about the great things going on at your Academy things that you have coming up or maybe just any, any last messages that you wanted to impart on the listeners before we get started on that and wrap up. Um, just kind of want to take it back to the beginning real quick, you know, wrestlers, coaches, anybody that might be tuning in, find reasons to, to be grateful, you know, be grateful for your job as a coach, be grateful for your wrestlers that are coming into the room. Wrestlers, be grateful for your coaches. Be grateful for your parents for taking you to practice. Be grateful for the opportunity to wrestle and compete. And I can I can say one hundred percent if you will do that, your your wrestling, your coaching, your life will improve. You're gonna get better and you're gonna have a lot more enjoyment doing it. So just take the opportunity, learn about gratitude, study study that topic, see how it can affect you and, and test it out, you know. See how see the difference that it makes in your wrestling and in your life. It's not just about guys being faster, being stronger, being more technical. It's not even just about having the right mindset all the time. And you know, it's not just about the mindset training. It's about do you have a deeper purpose? So if you're willing, if you're willing to do whatever it takes to get better at wrestling, this is something that can unlock a lot of your potential. So and it doesn't take any amount of money. It doesn't take any travel. It doesn't take anything. It takes a little bit of effort and having an open mind to change the way you think. If Just like mindset training, change the way you think. It'll change the way you feel. It'll change the way that you perform. It's as simple as that. So as we get ready to um, get into our little quick fire here, again, I hope you guys have enjoyed what uh, we've had to talk about so far. It's not over, but like I said, I'm really excited to give you guys this information so, um, Kyle, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, nine quick questions. Number one, how important is mindset in wrestling and why? 
very important. You just you, you got to train your mind the same way you train your body. You know, if your mind's ready, you're going to compete better. You always will. So just make sure that you're you're focused on the right things. What would you say are the right things to focus on? I think you mentioned it already, um, but if you have anything else to add, I would just say focus on focus on process, focus on improvement, um, focus on getting better every practice. You know, focus on wrestling hard, winning your positions, and yeah, those are all things you can control. Control the controllables. What are things that we should not be focusing on? focusing on on records you shouldn't be focusing on what's being said on message boards you shouldn't be looking at track wrestling um you shouldn't be worried about who you're wrestling you should be worried about doing your best every time and that's how you're going to beat those guys that on paper are better than you okay don't don't worry about the wrong things don't don't focus so much on what happens if i win or what happens if i lose who cares just go out there and score points for and sure you're gonna get the results you want for sure. For sure. Okay. Um, self-knowledge, confidence, motivation, aggressiveness, relaxing under pressure, clarity, mental toughness. Those are a handful of the topics that we address with specific worksheets in our mindset curriculum. Self-knowledge, confidence, motivation, aggressiveness, relaxing under pressure, clarity, and mental toughness. Which of those do you think, if you had to pick one, is the most important aspect for a wrestler's mindset? Say it one more time. So self-knowledge, confidence, motivation, aggressiveness, relaxing under pressure, clarity, and mental toughness. Mm. Mental toughness, I would say. Why is that? I would say that just because I think confidence is elusive. You know, I, I, I think confidence is focusing on the right things. But I think mental toughness is choosing to choosing to do your best in all circumstances, right? Choosing to fight through having a t- twisted ankle, choosing to, to, to be tough when, when you're cutting weight, you know, being willing to make the decision yourself to, to do your very best regardless of what the circumstances are that you're faced with. And if you can do that every single time, you're going to be tough as nails. Absolutely. Right. A lot. A lot of people think, "Well, all oh, my ankles hurt. I can't wrestle my best. Oh, I'm cutting weight. My tummy hurts. I can't do my best. Or, oh, my girlfriend loves me. I can't do my best." No, you have the right. You have the ability to choose every time how you're going to react to every situation that you're placed in. And if you choose positively, it's going to have a huge effect on the way that you. For sure, I give a. That you are. For sure, I give a perspective, an extreme perspective. You know, particularly when it comes to kids getting pinned. And I said, if I told you I was going to take away your cell phone for the next year, the next time you get pinned, would you ever get pinned again? No, absolutely not. Of course not. All right. Well, why did you get pinned last weekend then? Was it, was, it, was it not important enough to you to fight off your back? Or, you know, what if I told you, what if I told you that, you know, if you didn't give me everything that you've got, I would do the same thing. If you didn't give me a full effort, I would take away your phone for a year or I'd take away your car. Why does it have to have a consequence like that for you to want to give me everything that you've got? Because uh, I, I relate it back to a Tony Robbins quote talking about when the Vikings burn their boats. Um, 
Typically, when we're faced between death and success, we tend to succeed, but we don't need to be faced with death to be successful. If it means enough to us, we'll find a way to dig deep. And I think that's where mental toughness comes in. Yep, I agree. So Greg Jones, uh, three-time national champ, good friend of mine. He's my partner in martial arts mindset. Uh, We wrote an article for Flow Combat talking about uh, how even the highest athletes would get nervous and you need to embrace your nerves, Uh, the coward and the... Hero feel the same thing. The hero just acts on it a little differently. So when you would compete, do you feel like you still got nervous? Absolutely. And I want to be nervous. Right? The the butterflies and the, I mean that's something that my dad told me from a young age and something I truly believe. But I, I think if I'm not nervous, I think if I don't have butterflies, I think something's wrong. For sure. Right? And when I have butterflies in my stomach, I know that means I'm ready to compete. Exactly. That's it right so there. That's I, it right there. I love that. I love that feeling. You know, I love the nerves because I just know when I have that feeling, my body's ready. I'm ready. My body's ready. That's what that means. That's what that feeling means. And, and it's a hundred percent what the, it's, it's exactly how you define it is how it's going to affect you. So guys, when you feel those butterflies, remember you feel those butterflies before every single match. It just means that you're about to wrestle. The difference is that you relate those butterflies and the cotton mouth to being nervous the same way that you get nervous before you present at your schools, the same way you get nervous before you make a big presentation at work or you're in a job interview. So you can just say, oh, just means I'm ready to wrestle. It's 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 time to compete. I feel this every time. And we have an actual worksheet for that. Relaxing under pressure week one is redefining the fight or flight response. Your body will go into fight or flight mode every time. If it doesn't, like coach said, you know, that means something's wrong. You should feel that way every time before you compete. Uh, it's how you define those physiological responses. Great, great response. Um, we talk about the predator prey mentality. That's the crux in our program. It's not about lions, tigers, and bears. It's about, you know, having a laser focus on your objective, not worrying about what's around you. Predator wrestlers focus on what's in front of them, prey, eyes on the side. They're focused on everything else, the records, the rankings. What does predator prey mean to you, and why is it so important to have a predator mindset in wrestling? You know, for me, I mean, when, when you talk about that, the, the, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is just kids watching brackets yep. or kids looking at wrestling yep. or kids checking, you know, how tough the guy is that they're going to wrestle. Um, if that's your focus, you are not the predator. You are the prey, and and you're going to compete that way, right? Don't look at track wrestling. It does not matter who you're stepping on the mat with. You're stepping on the mat with a blank face every time you wrestle, and you're not worried about what they do. You're not worried about their moves. You're not worried about what they've done. You're worried about your moves, your technique, your aggression level, your positions, and that's what's going to help you have the most success. If you're worried about with them and what they do, then you're already on the defensive. You're a hundred percent right, and that's the translate. That's the literal translation of our worksheet for self knowledge week seven, and also self knowledge week two, talking about the common thought patterns that bring out our best and worst matches. The focus needs to be on you guys, on yourself, on what you can do, on your technique, on your pace, on your position, not them. You can understand that Jordan Burroughs hits a great double leg, but that doesn't mean that you're so focused on not getting doubled. Okay, you got you to gotta keep the laser focused on yourself and have that predator mindset. What's your favorite part about being a coach? 
the opportunity to, to to be around the kids and help them help them grow and help them you know see them smile, help them get better, develop relationships with them. You know that's I love watching them walk into practice with a smile on their face. You know I, I love seeing them improve and getting better. And that's a lot of answers. I just I love being there. I love helping them. I love getting to know them. You know and. And seeing their improvement, seeing their, seeing them, you know, seeing them get better grades because now they're, they're, I don't know, I've had a couple parents reach out to me and say, hey, ever since our kids started coming, they're getting better grades now because they're so focused on the right things in wrestling that, that their school work's going way better, you know, hey, hey, hey. seeing them improve. Go ahead. That, no, go, uh, go ahead. I'm just going to say, just seeing them improve in their lives and, and become better, stronger men and women, you know, that's. Pretty incredible. For sure. You know, you, you talk about wrestling is a vehicle. It's a platform. That's how Seth said it. You know, wrestling was a platform. You say wrestling's a vehicle to serve a greater purpose. If we can learn valuable lessons in wrestling, we take it into the rest of our lives. And that's the goal, I feel like, as coaches is if it's great if you win state titles, but if we can help you become a better human being through what we teach you in wrestling, that's the ultimate goal. And that's why wrestling mindset has been so valuable that I've noticed, you know, me coming first as a client that hired wrestling mindset four years ago, seeing the impact to now being one of the directors in the company to see that we want our wrestlers to learn the same life lessons that wrestling taught us. But unless we, unless they can develop the coping skills to develop in wrestling, and be successful, not just in wins, but be successful in realizing these life lessons. You know, it's it's tough to do that without these coping skills. So again, that's where I found mindset training has been successful is great coach, not translating to great, great coaches that necessarily don't bring out great performances. It's not their fault. It's not the kid's fault. There's a, there's a gap. There's a gap that needs to be bridged. And if we can have kids being able to realize their potential through wrestling, they can go take, take that and carry that into any other aspect in their life. Um, I have three last questions. One, what is your biggest regret and why? In wrestling? Uh, I would say probably in wrestling. Yeah. We'll we'll say wrestling. Um, You know, I, I would say at some points, um, maybe not fully buying in to what a coach said or just, you know, times when when I was willing to, I don't know, when I uh, didn't always give my very best effort. You know, I think those are the only things that you really – when you think back and you, you remember your career, I think the things that are the hardest for you are definitely always, if you have a tournament maybe that you didn't prepare for fully, those are the things that you that you regret. You know, you don't regret losing if you give your best, but you you regret not having done everything you could to, to be successful. And, and that's, you know, that's just kind of, you know, I've had that conversation with a few of our guys on our team. Just, you know, don't don't give yourself that opportunity to have those regrets. Just give right. your best effort. Wrestling practice is an hour, 
let's say an hour and a half, no matter what. You're going to be there an hour and a half, no matter what. You can choose to be lazy, to not do your best, or you can choose to do your best and work your butt off. But either way, it's an hour and a half. You, you decide what to do with it. Decide to do your best with it every time. A six-minute match, it's six minutes, right? You can wrestle like crap and wrestle bad and not focus on the right things, or you can spend that same six minutes doing the right thing, and it will drastically affect the outcome. But the time is the same. You're still giving up the same amount of time. Just do your best with the amount of time that you have. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we talked a lot about a, a lot about gratitude today. What are the three things you're most grateful for? Um, first, I would say, you know, my relationship with God, you know, second, um, the relationships I have with my, with my family, my, my, my wife, my brothers, uh, my parents, um, you know, and I would say third is I'm grateful for the opportunity that I have to pursue a goal, my goal as a coach. You know, I, I am truly grateful that I am able to, to coach and just coach and, and I have the opportunity every day to help kids, you know. So, you know, my relationship with the Lord, uh, my family and, and the opportunity to coach, those three things are, are very important to me. I'm very grateful for them and, and I try every day to give thanks for those three things in, in one way or another. For sure. And lastly... As the last question I always ask everybody, but as a coach, I'm going to ask you two parts. One, what was your mental edge as a competitor? And as a coach, what do you feel like is your mental edge that maybe separates you from other great coaches? Um, as a competitor, I think it was just being, you know, being taught the right things, being taught where to focus and keep my mind and keep my, and what to think about. You know, if I'm, if I'm focused on getting better all the time, if every time I step on the mat, I'm focused on getting better, I'm focused on fighting, then I feel like I have a mental edge because most kids, most wrestlers, they're not focused on getting better every match. You know, they're focused on what happens if I lose or, man, I sure hope I win, rather than getting better and focusing on technique and focusing on, on just scrapping. You know, those, those things right there, I say, I would say, set me apart at the best time, at my best wrestling. Um, as a coach, <clears throat> you know, I would just say one thing that I, that I hope sets me apart is, is, uh, willingness to, to continue to improve. You know, I, I am trying to improve all the time. You know, I, I realize I've spent 25 years in this sport competing Right, <laughs> but excuse me, I haven't spent 25 years in this sport helping kids. I haven't spent 25 years in this sport teaching and developing athletes, and I feel like I have a lot of knowledge and a lot of a lot of experience. But at the same time, I also feel like I'm very young in in the coaching world, and I have a lot to learn. and And I think I could go one of two ways. I could say, "Well, I know what I'm doing," you know, get out of my way, or I could say. You know, I have a lot of experience, but I want to be the best coach in the world. So I'm going to continue to try to improve every single day. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that one thing that I, I'm trying to focus on is trying to improve. And I, I think that's something that's helping me and it's helping my
continuously trying to improve every single day, they're going to improve every day. And our program's not going to be the same in five years that it is today. We're going to be better. We're going to be more efficient. You know, we're going to be smarter. We're going to be talking about even, or, you know, helping kids apply things better that we're talking about, all those things. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And, and I, and, and I would agree. That's if you were to, if someone were to ask me what I think your edge is as a coach, I would say the same thing. And I look at guys like you and Askren as people that are relatively young, comparatively speaking to some other coaches, like young in their career compared to some other coaches that have been doing it 20, 30 years of coaching kids. You've had tremendous success quickly and not just getting good athletes and making them better you see tremendous like improvement in a lot of the guys that you work with in a short period of time. And I think it has a lot less to do with technique and a lot more to do with how you approach the sport and uh, hats off to you and the great things you continue to do. So speaking of following along on that journey, uh, coach, how can we, how can we follow along, learn more about the club, follow along with you? What are the best avenues on social media to follow Sanderson Wrestling Academy and you? Yeah, follow us. Follow us on Instagram, Sanderson Wrestling Academy. You know, follow us. You know, we have a website, SandersonWrestlingAcademy.com. You know, um, over the next year, we'll be we'll be adding a lot more stuff to our website. You know, you can usually find our camps and stuff on there. It's a good way to follow us. Um, you know, you can always you can always friend me on Facebook, just Kyler Sanderson, and it's C Y L E R. That's why people call me Siler, um, but it actually is Kyler. Such a ha- uh, it was a habit for me that I still have to break. <laughs> well, I got called Siler at almost every wrestling tournament by the announcer my whole life, so I'm used to it. So it doesn't doesn't bother me. That's funny. But uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, website. Um, contact me through Instagram, through Facebook, if you guys are interested in having a camp or coming out to a camp or, you know, getting some, some training in. Um, I'd love to help anybody in any way that I can. So absolutely. I'm excited to be with you, your brother, your dad and Zane coming up at the camp here in June, excited to spend some time, you know, again, uh, learning everything that your family has built and I'm grateful for that opportunity. Thank you again so much for spending almost two hours today talking with us. I know your time is valuable. And I, uh, I was texting Jeff Zanetti, one of, you know, one of the owners of the company. And in the middle of our podcast, I texted him. I said, everyone on the planet needs to listen to what we're talking about today. Not just wrestlers, like everybody. And I look forward to hopefully spreading this knowledge to as many people as I can. Cause like I said, we're all searching for this way for the ways to get better at wrestling. And, as a wrestling mindset, we provide a way to get better at wrestling. This is a deeper level of purpose and per- I mean, performance enhancement, not just in wrestling, but in life that people overlook. And I, I think if you've made it to this part on the podcast, you're going to be a different person going forward. So I encourage you all to listen, share, apply the lessons that we've learned. Uh, thank you for listening. Again, thank you, Kyler, for your time. And Wrestling Mindset, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us exactly by searching those words. You can find me on Instagram, Mindset underscore Mike. Same thing for Twitter. I look forward to seeing you guys all over the country. And again, 
Thank you for joining us on the Wrestling Mindset Podcast brought to you by Adidas Wrestling. Until the next time. Thanks, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.